Bank Stadium. Their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. Stadium. Their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. Should the Dodgers bring back Ryan Brazier? The Dodgers are considered the front runners for this impact outfielder bat. Should they sign Tommy Pham? Are they still in the mix for Dylan Cease? We've got all the latest Dodgers rumors coming up next here on Dodgers Dugout. It's time for Dodger Baseball. And that's care how many times this team rips my heart out, I'll never stop loving the Los Angeles Dodgers. Think blue, bleed blue, and I'm out. Hey, hey, what's going on, Dodgers Nation? Doug McCain here. Friends call me DMAC, credentialed member of Dodgers Media. You can follow me on X and Instagram at DMAC underscore LA. And if you haven't yet, do me a huge favor. Join the party and subscribe to the number one Dodgers YouTube channel in the game, the Dodgers Nation YouTube channel. Hit that subscribe button. Hit that notification bell. And if you really want to support the channel and you want to see us post even more Dodgers content, smash that like button. Also, a reminder, we have a giveaway going on. We are giving away a brand new Shohei Otani authentic Dodgers jersey this is going to go out when we hit 80,000 subscribers on a live show. All you have to do to be eligible for the giveaway is be subscribed to the channel. If you're new to the channel and you haven't subscribed, be sure to comment done down below and you will be eligible. And longtime subscribers, you will also be eligible. You have the same chances of winning as new subscribers. And we're doing tons of giveaways this entire year. Jerseys, autographs, tickets to games. And just make sure you're subscribed. Also, you have that notification bell so you are always on alert for all of our latest content and giveaways and I'm always looking for that comment of the day and here's the Dodgers Nation questions of the day one should the Dodgers re-sign Ryan Brazier do you want to see them bring back Brazier two should they consider signing Tommy Pham three how do you feel about Teoscar Hernandez because it feels like things are starting to heat up a little bit and four do they even need Dylan Cease at this point I want all your takes down below I'm going to re respond to someone's comments down below so be sure to drop those down below I know you guys bring the fire takes best Dodgers fans of the game so drop those down below in the comment section and for all latest Dodgers news head over to DodgersNation.com so let's dive right into our first topic today, and that is should the Dodgers re-sign right-handed relief pitcher Ryan Brazier? Because Brazier, he was found money last season. He was an absolute revelation. He was the reclamation project that worked. He was last year's Chris Martin, only they got him earlier. They didn't have to wait till the deadline to pick him up. They signed him after the Red Sox DFA'd him and then ultimately released him. And he was one of the big reasons why the Dodgers bullpen in 2023 
three went from one of the worst in all of Major League Baseball, one of the worst in the history of the franchise, to finishing as one of the top bullpens in the sport, and he deserves a lot of credit for that. He helped solidify this bullpen, and he was fantastic. And it looks like the Dodgers are considering re-signing him. Derek Gould of the St. Louis Post-Dispatch and John Heyman of the New York Post are saying that the Dodgers are one of the teams that are in the mix to bring him back along with the Cardinals, the Angels, the Cubs, the Orioles, and the Rangers. They're all said to have interest. So we know this is a Dodgers team that has had a master class of an offseason. You signed Shohei Otani, the biggest free agent, the most coveted free agent in baseball history. You signed the top pitching free agent in Yoshinobu Yamamoto. You gave him the biggest contract ever given out to a starting pitcher, but now it's time to fortify the bullpen. Now it's time to go out there and add a right-handed bat that'll start in the outfield. And I think the bullpen is very interesting because their pressing need really is for a left-handed reliever. Do you really trust Alex Vestia? Do you really trust Kayla Ferguson in big spots in October? Look, they're definitely talented. There's no doubt about that. But ideally, you'd bring another lefty but the reality is Ryan Brazier is incredibly talented and he pitched some of his best baseball of his career last season with the Dodgers. So let's rewind a little bit and look at the year he had with LA in 2023. So he started with the Red Sox, of course, and from 2018 to 2021, Ryan Brazier was a rock for the Red Sox. He had a 3-4-9 ERA and 126 in the third inning of work. You saw him pitch in the postseason. He had his moments. And then in 2022, he had a down year, posting a 5.78 ERA. 2023, though, he fell off a cliff in Beantown. He owned a 7.29 ERA in 21 innings of work. The Red Sox DFA'd him on May 15th. They released him less than a week later, and then he ends up with the Dodgers. Dodgers signed him to a minor league deal on June 4th, and they immediately assigned him to the Arizona Complex League. A week after that, he spent some time at AAA. He was like out in two appearances and then a week after that he was already up pitching with the Dodgers in the show and he got out to a really nice start he gave up one run in his first four games and four and a third innings of work and from July 1st until the end of the season Ryan Brazier was on an absolute heater. He gave up two runs and 34 and a third innings of work. That was good for a .52 ERA down the stretch. He was absolutely unhittable. He was lights out, and he went from having a 63 ERA plus with the Red Sox to a get ready for this. Drum roll, please. A 627 ERA plus with the Dodgers in 38 and two-thirds innings of work. A 63 to a 627. He was absolutely one of the most dominant relievers in the sport. If you look at his numbers as a whole with LA last season, he went 2-0, had a .70 ERA, a .248 FIP in 39 games, 38 and two-thirds innings of work, had 38 punch outs to 10 walks, also recorded one save. Now, the big question, is, was this an aberration or is this who Ryan Brazier is moving forward? Well, 
how did they unlock him in L.A.? That's the real big question here. And one, it was that he walked a lot less hitters than he did at the beginning of the season with the Red Sox. So his command improved tremendously. And then two, one of the big reasons why was that the Dodgers, they taught him that cutter. And one of their first few bullpen sessions down there in the Arizona Complex League, they worked on that cutter and that gave him a third pitch because he had been a fastball slider pitcher and you throw in that cutter and that changed the game for Ryan Brazier. It was a very effective pitch for him. It induced a ton of soft contact and you saw him turn into one of the best relievers in the sport once he put on Dodger Blue. Also, the velocity had a little bit of an uptick. The swing and miss on the slider was up as well. So those are the three big things. In a roaring stadium, their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. Military parents never miss a beat, and neither does the Johns Hopkins U.S. Family Health Plan. Built for every warrior in your family, with more than 40 years of service to military families, TRICARE Prime Benefits plus exclusive extras. Learn more at warriorsathome.com. The command improved. One. Two, he learned that cutter, and he was very effective with it. Three, velocity was up. Four, more swing and miss on that slider. Now, if you look a little deeper under the hood and you look at his numbers since he started with the Dodgers towards the end of the season, his .70 ERA was the second best among all qualified relievers in Major League Baseball, only to his teammate Bruce Dark Gratterall, who had the lowest at .25. He also posted a .248 FIP, had a .346 expected FIP. So the FIP, the ERA, definitely higher. The FIP and the expected FIP, definitely higher. But if you look at the production, his 1.1 F war was the seventh best in all of baseball down the stretch. So there's no denying that he was one of the best relievers in the sport when he was wearing Dodger blue. If you look at his baseball savant numbers, what he did elite was he was in the 95th percentile in barrel percentage at 3.8%. Also, if you look at his expected ERA, the 77th percentile at 355, a 231 expected batting average in the 67th percentile. So this is someone who has put himself in a position to get a unexpectedly nice payday. He is 36 years old, so you kind of wonder how much of a contract he's going to get. Is he going to get a big multi-year deal at that age, considering that he has been volatile, he's had some down years in recent history? Probably not. So it really just depends on the contract. If the Dodgers can get him back on a favorable deal, something 10, 15 million dollar range, that'd be ideal, right? Is that going to happen? Probably not. But if you could get Ryan Brazier back on a contract that makes sense, I think if you're Brazier, you think to yourself, look, I had great success with the Dodgers. This is a franchise that has World Series expectations, and I want to be a part of that. Just look at what Tyler Anderson did with the Angels, right? Great year with the Dodgers, goes the Angels. He falls off a cliff, and he struggles. So, look, if he gets the kind of money that he's after, then fine. Look, most cases in this situation, he's put himself in a position where he's probably almost priced himself out of L.A. with what they're wanting to spend 
on a reliever like Brazier at this point. But at this point, if he doesn't get the kind of contract that he wants, the Dodgers do make a ton of sense. But if you're L.A., you also say to yourself, look, we found Chris Martin in 2022. He was one of the best relievers down the stretch. We found Brazier last year. We can do the same thing again, and then we can reallocate those funds for other positions of need and address other needs with those resources. So that's also something you need to consider. I wouldn't say this is a must resign or anything like that. I think it's a luxury to get someone like Ryan Brazier back. Uh, The same token, he is a right-handed pitcher. There's a lot of righties in this bullpen. You got J.P. Fireisen back. You're going to have the ability to find guys during the season as well. So I wouldn't overpay for a Ryan Brazier, but at the right price, I would absolutely love to have him back in Dodger Blue. But I think the more pressing need is going out there and finding a viable option as a lefty out of the pen so you can play some matchups, especially when you consider some of the lineups around Major League Baseball that have some really talented lefties. If you face the Yankees in the World Series with Juan Soto, the Atlanta Braves with Olsen. There's a lot of talent around Major League Baseball, and I'm just not content with the current talent level of lefties in that Dodgers bullpen. When it comes to trust, let's not forget, this is a team that wants to win the World Series. Do you want to put your World Series hopes in a Vestia or a Caleb Ferguson, right? It just makes you wonder. I think that's a position where you could absolutely improve the talent level. Now, next rumor we're going to get into is is Tommy Pham. So Tommy Pham, of course, one of the most polarizing players in baseball, a player that not a lot of Dodgers fans like in general because of what happened with Jock Peterson. Of course, if you don't know... Tommy Pham and Jock Peterson, they were in the same fantasy football league. Jock Peterson sent a funny gif. And then Tommy Pham, six months later, saw him and slapped Jock Peterson, which to me, six months later, over fantasy football, that's some crazy ex-girlfriend energy right there. And at the time, Tommy Pham, he was hitting around 200. So I was surprised that he even was able to connect with Jock Peterson on that one, considering how much swinging and he was doing at the time but thankfully for Tommy Pham he has gotten it together since and he put together a really nice season last year where with the Mets he got off to a great start and the first thing I want to point out is that Tommy Pham is someone who at this age he's 36 He's not someone who's going to get a massive multi-year deal, right? You're not going to sign him to a contract that you would a Tyosker Hernandez or someone like that but Can he really be your everyday outfielder? Well, he was on John Heyman's podcast a few weeks ago and he told them, I don't view myself as a platoon player. I'm not comfortable going into a situation where they're saying, hey, you're only going to play against lefties. I still want to play every day. That's most important to me than winning, of course. So first of all, attitude check right there. That's not going to fly with the Dodgers. We're going to go out there and just pound your fist on the table saying, if I sign with you, you got to play me in left field every single day. Uh-uh. That don't work here under this organization. The buy-in factor has to be at a 10. You have to be willing to embrace any role this Dodgers team wants to give you. And Tommy Pham, he played a lot of left field last season. He had a one defensive run save. He wasn't bad or anything like that, but he also played a lot of DH. So it wasn't like he was in left field every single day. I think he can't get it done defensively. I don't doubt that, but I just don't like that right there considering 
there's already been some types of some issues with you in the past. I'm not saying that he's a locker room cancer, anything like that, a clubhouse cancer, anything like that. I'm not suggesting that for sure, but it's just you don't want any type of trace of that heading into a potential deal. Now, Juan Toribio of MLB.com. He wrote a few days ago, the Dodgers have been in the market for a right-handed hitting outfielder, and some of those options could include Teoscar Hernandez and Tommy Pham, according to sources. Now, during the season, there was a rumor that the Dodgers were interested in trading for Tommy Pham, and if you remember... There was a guy, what was his name? That's right, that was me, who before anyone said anything, suggested the Dodgers to trade for Tommy Pham way back at the beginning of the summer. Now, why did I want the Dodgers to trade for Tommy Pham back then? Well, one, he was on an expiring contract. He had signed that $6 million deal with the Mets. Two, he was hitting the ball extremely hard. He was having a very productive season for the Mets, and that's what the Dodgers needed, right? Now, it's a different story, though, when you trade for a player that's going to be a one-year rental versus one they're signing on a one or a potentially multi-year contract. So give you my thoughts on how I feel ultimately about Tommy Pham, but let's dive into his numbers a little bit. Last season, he slashed 256, 328, 446, hit 16 dingers in 481 plate appearances, had a 9.8% walk rate, a 22% strikeout rate. So those are pretty consistent with league averages, so not too worried about that. Surprisingly, he stole 22 bases in 25 attempts. I don't necessarily see him being a menace on the base pass, but something interesting to note. Now, if you look at his splits, he slashed 262, 332, 435 against righties and 245, 322, 465 against lefties. So the batting average was better against righties than it was against lefties. But for his career, he does have an 834 OPS versus lefties. 2023, though, he had a 787 OPS versus lefties and a 768 OPS versus righties. So the splits were more balanced in 2022 than we've seen throughout his career. But still, he did have a lot of success. And he also played well during some certain stretches in the postseason. But the reality is that after he was traded from the Mets to the Diamondbacks, his numbers went down. And he actually fell below league average. So with the Mets, a lot of front-loaded statistical success. So with the Mets, 79 games, he had an 820 OPS, a 124 OPS plus. So with the Mets last season, he was 24% above league average. With the Diamondbacks, though, in 50 games, he had a 95 OPS plus. So he was 5% below league average. Average and and now he did have a nice postseason, slashing 279, 297, 475 in 16 games. Did have some down series here and there, but for the most part, he did contribute. He had a big home run there in the World Series against the Rangers. And one thing the Dodgers really like to look at is how hard players hit the baseball, and that's something that Tommy Pham has been able to do last season. He was in the 93rd percentile in average exit velocity. He was in the 90th percentile in expected batting average, the 79th percentile in expected slug. So he's someone that can produce. He does hit the ball hard. I do have my questions as far as overall fit, 
Will he embrace any role the Dodgers give him? I'm not so sure. Now, I am looking for an everyday left fielder, but I'm also looking for someone that is going to be able to be nimble as far as embracing whatever role this organization is going to have for you. So I'm not absolutely 100% Randy Jackson. That's a no from me, dog, on Tommy Pham. But I'm not as high on him when it comes to signing him as a free agent versus just taking advantage of the year he had last season. Because, yes, there has been some clubhouse issues. I don't want to see a family feud, right? So, I mean, I don't know if uh, that's something that we want to see with this Dodgers team. And, I just don't know if I love that. How about a platoon situation with him and Jock Peterson? Now, that'd be my dream, having him platoon with Jock Peterson. Now, the ideal candidate, of course, we've talked about him extensively over the last week, is Teoscar Hernandez. And we do have a little update on Teoscar Hernandez. And this is coming from Mark Feinsand from MLB.com, who recently wrote, As for Hernandez, the Angels, Dodgers, and Red Sox appear to be the front runners for the two-time Silver Slugger winner. Some have speculated that Hernandez will wait for Bellinger to sign before inking his own deal, but the three aforementioned teams don't appear to be in the Bellinger mix, which could open the door for one of them to make an aggressive move for Hernandez. So let's break out that Dodgers rumor meter. And for this one, this rumor that has the Dodgers as the top three for Hernandez as being one of the top three front runners for him, I'm going to give this a three Dodger dog. I definitely think that this deserves three Dodger dogs because I do think at this point there is some serious smoke. The Dodgers have been linked to Hernandez from the very start of free agency when Jorge Castillo of the LA Times reported that the Dodgers were in the mix for him to all the way we're in January and they're still linked to him. And oh, they still need an outfielder. So the Angels... They make sense. The Dodgers, they make sense. And one takeaway from that is two of those three teams, the Dodgers and the Angels, are on the West Coast. So that tells me that he is open to playing in California where the taxes have become an issue for certain players, where location has been an issue for certain players based on where their families are located. We saw that with Eduardo Rodriguez, right? So to me, makes a lot of sense. West Coast is the best coast. Look at the Pilgrims discovered California first, the East Coast would still be wilderness. So hopefully Teoscar Hernandez, he wants this California sunshine. And look, the Angels might be willing to pay him more than the Dodgers will. And I think this is a player who at this stage of his career, maybe he just wants to go to the highest bidder. But on the flip side of that, this is someone who could still raise their stock just a little bit potentially and sign a bet-on-yourself type of deal because last season, a 105 weighted runs created plus. That's 5% above league average, but we've seen him post weighted runs created plus in the 130 range. So maybe he wants to get back to that. I do think that ultimately he will want to sign a three-year deal something maybe in the 40 to 5 to 50 plus million dollar range who knows if the Red Sox are going to commit that much money to Teoscar Hernandez. But this is someone who could absolutely be a difference maker for this Dodgers team. Just imagine having a quality player like this batting sixth in your lineup. Someone who can get you 25 to 32 home runs per season. Someone who, when he's right, absolutely rakes. Yes, he does strike out a ton. Yes, he doesn't walk too much, but he could provide some pop. And I think that 
that, look, at some point you need to go out there and get those guys that they're just professional rakers. And that's what Teoscar Hernandez does best. And I would absolutely love to see him in Dodger blue at the right price. And I think that he's someone who is more talented than Tommy Pham, especially at this stage of his career. He's younger. He's just a better hitter. And like at this point, you're spending so much money if you're the Dodgers and you're at this point where you've signed the best player in the game and you're all in on winning the World Series for the next couple of years. Teoscar Hernandez could be a big difference maker. Also, his defense has improved quite a bit as well. And the more you look at him as a player, the more you like it. So, yeah, I definitely want to see the Dodgers bring him in at the right price. And look, I think it just comes down to... I really think it's one of those guys where it just comes down to fit, but also who's going to give him the biggest dollar amount, right? Who's going to offer him the most money? And I think that it's really probably going to come down to that. Now, one more quick rumor we'll get into. By the way, if you want to see a full in-depth breakdown of Teoscar Hernandez, we talked about him earlier in the week, so I'll post that down below in the description because he's a very fascinating player. But another guy we haven't talked about in a few weeks here is Dylan Cease. Now, a lot of people just assumed that after the Dodgers signed Yoshinobu Yamamoto to that 12-year, $325 million contract, that Dylan Cease was going to be off the table because the Dodgers already had their two frontline starters in Yoshinobu Yamamoto and Tyler Glass now. You have Walker Bueller coming back on a pitch count towards the beginning of the season. You have a emerging young pitcher in Bobby Miller who had a great start to his career in 2023. You have a Emmett Sheehan who has one of the most explosive fastballs in the sport, but guess what? It appears the Dodgers are still in the mix for Dylan Cease. Ken Rosenthal of The Athletic wrote, the White Sox are weighing offers for Cease, and the Yankees and Orioles are among those to express sincere interest, according to Major League sources briefed on the discussions. Other teams also are serious, however. While the exact list of suitors is not known, the Dodgers, Cardinals, and Red Sox are among the teams possibly in the mix. So that's pretty vague right there to say that the list of suitors is not known, but the Dodgers, Cardinals, and Red Sox are among other teams possibly in the mix. But I think, look, it's fair to assume that at the very least at this stage, the White Sox have a pretty good idea of what the Dodgers would be willing to trade for Dylan Cease. And I think the Dodgers have a pretty good idea of what it would take to get him in Dodger blue. And look, Yes, they've already made two big moves for starting pitchers, one via trade, one via free agency, but you still have all those top prospects that we were expecting for them to consider trading to address starting pitching. You still have a Michael Bush who does not have a fit on this team, where it is at the point where he's going to start losing value, right? He's going to start aging like guacamole in the sun because you don't have a position where you can play him where he can impress teams out there at the big league level consistently. And we know that he's already proven that he can rake at the minor league level. We also know that Andrew Friedman said, recently that he doesn't belong in AAA. So if the White Sox value the Dodgers prospects more than they do the Yankees or the Red Sox or the Orioles or the Cardinals, I could see the path to a deal getting done for Dylan Cease because the reality is he's under two years of team control. They probably realize that it's going to be a rental. You're not going to sign a long-term extension like we saw with Tyler Glass now. Now, I do believe as well that 
There are teams that, like the Yankees, that haven't spent a lot of money during free agency. You've made a big trade for Juan Soto, and you're looking to bolster that rotation because you tried to sign Yoshinobu Yamamoto. Well, you swung a miss there. He's a Dodger, so maybe you're a little more aggressive in trying to get C's if you can get a deal done. But I still believe the Dodgers are looking to add more starting pitching, whether that's elite starting pitching. I think that all depends on the cost. If they can get... Cease or Burns or any of these guys at the right price, I think they absolutely would jump at that, but they do realize, too, that you can never have enough starting pitching, that you need guys to fill these innings. Let's not forget, it is a long, long season. Injuries are inevitable, right? You can never have enough starting pitching pitching okay and I think you look at Dylan Cease he's someone who could absolutely help this team he really has only had one elite season in his career I do think the Dodgers interest in him was real early on and they believe that they can get him back to being an elite pitcher and look I would not be shocked if the rest of Major League Baseball is even more mad at the Dodgers because they pulled off a trade for an ace. And we know the White Sox and the Dodgers, they have a long history of getting deals done. So there's that as well. So look, the reality is anyone out there saying, oh, there's a rumor, this or that. No, these rumors become true. These rumors turn into signings and trades. We've seen it multiple times this offseason. We saw it last offseason. We saw it the offseason before that. And my point is you can never ever count out the Los Angeles Dodgers because they are like Amazon. They got everything you could ever want. If you want elite prospects, we got you. If you want money, we can pay you. If you want different prospects, if you want position players, you want catchers, you want pitchers, they've got that. And that's what makes them such a dangerous option for teams out there to do deals with because they know they've got the goods and that's why teams out there are punching air right now because of what the Dodgers are accomplishing this offseason because of having one of the best run organizations in all of professional sports and in my opinion the best run organization in Major League Baseball but that's going to do it for this episode of Dodgers Dugout my name is Doug McCain you can follow me on the X and Instagram at DMAC underscore LA now if you haven't yet do me a huge favor subscribe to the Dodgers Nation YouTube channel hit that subscribe subscribe button, hit that notification bell, hit that like button. And remember, nothing brings us together quite like Dodger baseball. Enjoy your weekend. And until next time, think blue, bleed blue, and I'm out. 